All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies podcast. The Vikings win the game of the year. We break down the World Cup and the Timberwolves uh, may be in a lot of trouble. We don't know yet. Uh, we're going to discuss that. Here we go, Nordies podcast. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Um, Well, my heart is okay uh, now, well, but good overall. You just got like a heart checkup. Yeah, dude, I'm great. Oh my God, we're on top of the world. I feel wonderful. Uh, what a sports weekend it was. Uh, my Arsenal Gunners finished the uh, pre-World Cup period, which we will be talking World Cup on this episode. Um, first in the league by a decent margin. And then we got to watch one of the most exciting Vikings games of all time. I mean, not even just Vikings games either, you know, like I just, mean, just, just in general, regular football season games. An absolute roller coaster of emotions. Just so much fun. Yeah. So we'll get into that in a few. Before we do, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcast from. Get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. What a deal. Love it. All right. Um, guys, what are you drinking tonight? All right, I'm drinking a weird one. Uh, you guys ever heard of Left Hand Brewing? Remember that place? I think it's out of Oregon. Oh, Dude, yeah. This is a nitro key lime pie beer, <laughs> and I kind of don't hate it. Surpri- I mean, it sounds like something nice. I would just despise, but I, uh, I'm i enjoying it. You're a key lime pie guy, though. No, not necessarily. This was a wife choice, and she didn't like it, and I think it's okay. So, you know, these things happen. Okay. Uh, just uh, Just water for me tonight, for now. Wow. So responsible. I love it. That is responsible. All right. I'm drinking Junkyard's Gooey Lewis and the Brews. <laughs> and it is a blackberry cherry graham marshmallow sour. Holy shit. And I have to say that it's not really, it's kind of like a beer I would have liked more like two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, like a big, thick um, sour. That's not really my style anymore. But I just really like anything that has graham cracker and marshmallow in it that's not a stout. And so it just is kind of like an automatic buy for me, even though most beers that have those flavors I don't like that much. It is okay. Like, I like it. I like it. It's just not I wouldn't I I wouldn't buy it a second. Like I'll enjoy the four pack one. I just don't know why you bought it the first time. But anyways, yeah, that's that's good. I just told the you, graham. I explained it. Yeah. Graham, marshmallow, anything with those flavors that's not a stout is getting <laughs> And then you're it. not satisfied with it every time. And it's always like it's always decent. Yeah. Are you guys glad we're over the uh, milkshake IPA trend? What are they? Yeah, I'm done with that. Yeah. The thick, thick fucking I... tons of vanilla, tons of like lactose in there. And the can I, just I like forgot. weighs like three times more when you pick it up and you're like, what the fuck? It was like a really fun trend and I'm not going to pretend that I wasn't into it because oh, we yeah. all were. We, we were fully so supported it. Shook when Shook would come out every oh, time. Yeah. We'd like run out and get it. Oh. Pineapple Shook, baby. It was yeah. so exciting, but I'm glad it's just, I'm, yeah. I'm over it. That feels yeah. like a million years ago. Don't need another one as long as I live. All right, guys. We are going to dive into the game of the year. That's what they're calling it. And uh, I might even go as far as calling it the game of the cinch. The cinch, huh? (laughs) Game of the cinch. Game of the cinch, Um, bro. One of the great Vikings games that I've ever seen. And just a really awesome football game. I would say, um, you know, maybe people liked the playoff uh, Chiefs-Bills game last year more. Um, Because it was literally the two best quarterbacks and two best offenses duking it out in the final minutes of the game. And then in overtime, it was nuts. 
I think that this was um, more uh, unpredictable. So mm -hmm. maybe people like that more. I mean, it was completely off the rails and that was a blast. It was very um, unique. The situations that happened, you just don't see often. And, you know, the yeah, think, third and fourth down conversions that were happening, it was just wild. Yeah, I think the, uh, like Eric referenced, the, the Bills-Chiefs game, that was more of a, uh, okay, uh, these two guys are really good. Uh, the offense coordinators are dealing plays mm -hmm. left and right. They can't stop. Whoever has the ball last is going to win. It was just a and Madden that's what, game that's what ended up happening. where you turned like yeah, offense exactly. up to 100 and defense up to like 15, and then you just simulated. Yeah. Yep. Great. Yeah, so great that was great. We are going to go through this game kind of piece by piece, and then we will uh, talk some big picture items at the end. The Vikings, like they have all year, they march right down the field with their first possession. They chop any defense up at this point. Justin Jefferson, I think he had 68 yards receiving on the first drive of the game. He scored a touchdown. Um, I have to say RIP uh, to the reputation of like any old head uh, person who follows the NFL or covers it or is an announcer um, when he did the fake hamstring pull on the, the celebration. And then yeah. literally How did nobody get that old person was like, Oh God, I hope he didn't really grammatica himself. Yeah. I was like, where, who, where have you been? This is a thing. This is like every sports game. Now someone does that celebration where they fake pull their hamstring and then they do a dance out of it. What they usually do is they kind of go down on their knees and then they, they fucking twerk it up. And that's what I yeah. like. That's a great move. Yeah. So I think he was going to try to gritty out of that for his version of it. But um, Brian O'Neill pushed him like six times. <laughs> O'Neill, O'Neill, like almost pancake blocked him. I'm like, dude, there's concrete there. Take it easy. <laughs> yeah. So the, that was great. But then the, the uh, Bills wasted no time going all the way up and down the field and scoring a, an easy touchdown. Uh, they followed it up with another rushing touchdown. And before you knew it, we were down 17 to 7. Um, as our offense kind of dried up and they were moving the ball all over us. Um, and then on top of that, we had a big drive late in the half coming off of that fumble by, no, no, it was before that even. Mm -hmm. um, big drive late in the half, trying to make it a one-score game. We uh, go for it twice, third and short and fourth and short, don't get either. The Bills go right down the field again in the final minute, score a touchdown. It's 24-7. I thought this game was over. Right. Iced, yeah, totally. I will I say thought, this for, for myself in the group chat. I said, and you guys were kind of like, hey, man, we wrote this off. You know, it's all good, whatever. I was like, dude, we haven't seen fourth quarter Vikings yet. That's I, mm -hmm. It's out there. It's time stamped, okay? So at that point of the game, I thought, all right, we lost the game. It's over. We're, we're on the road in Buffalo. We're not ready for this. We get it. The, the, weather, was, the weather was against us. Allen was on fire. Defense couldn't stop. Kirk was doing happy feet, panic cousins and i don't know if he had his second pick by then but he had at least one at that time where he sailed kj on the on the crossing route it just didn't look like didn't look like he had it at that point yep i believe it was our first drive of the second half where we moved the ball really well and then kirk just randomly threw it to like um just their guy just directly um, like to him i think he must have thought it was our guy he just turned and threw it between two of our guys to their guy just standing in zone coverage for the easiest pick of his entire life. At that point, I thought Kirk is not ready for game. He wasn't up for it. The moment is too big for Kirk. It sucks. All, all we're going to hear about all week is that Kirk can't play in big games, and maybe he can't. That's kind of where I was feeling at that oh, point. Tough place to be. Um, we get a field goal. They get a, another uh, score as well. Another field goal themselves. It's twenty-seven to ten late in the third quarter. We're talking sixteen minutes to go in this game, and the Vikings have the ball inside their own twenty. And that's where Dalvin Cook has one of the best runs of his entire 
career. 81 yards to the house. I believe it's the second longest touchdown in the NFL this season, which is crazy to think about. And I thought that I, here's what I will say. Delvin hasn't done that in a long time. And I know when I said that people were like, well, he scored the decently long touchdown against the dolphin, but that was on like third and short or whatever it was where everyone was kind of pressed up at the line of scrimmage and and he he needed like a block and he was going to go on that one. And he got it. This one, like they were in their normal defense and he got by the guy at level two. Justin had a big block. He had the safety then to beat. He shook the safety to the inside and then absolutely put the jets on for a, a touchdown down the sidelines that he just hasn't had in a really long time. Like I, he, that's still doesn't, like, he still doesn't look that explosive when he does it, but he's obviously fast enough to, you know, I mean, nobody was catching him. Even if they had another the 50 angles, yards, they weren't catching him. Yeah. That was the first time that I really thought like Delvin is fast. And I haven't thought that in a long time. Yeah. It's been a couple of years. Well, and he didn't, he did, he did a great, what I've been begging him to do all season long, which was like make decisive cuts, make yeah. put your foot in the ground, get upfield and get what you get. Right. And that time he, he, he kind of shimmied left and put that left foot in. And, and then next thing you know, like you said, big block by, by JJ downfield and he's gone like absolutely terrible. And I was like, okay, all right. Okay, mm-hmm. we're going to fight this to the end. You know, they haven't given up yet. So it's 10 points there. And at that point of the game, I thought to myself, fourth quarter Vikings, just maybe. Like I started. Mm-hmm. You're telling me there's hope. a chance. I started to silently hope. Like I kind of was like, I think we're going to get back in this game. I don't think we're going to win it, but I think we're going to get back in it. This well, what's a, won't what's look a, as embarrassing is what I was thinking at this what's point. A, yeah. What's a 10-point lead in the modern NFL? It's, right. I mean, yeah, nothing. Sure. Yeah. Vikings end up getting a long drive um, in the fourth quarter. I think it's like a six and a half minute, 13 play drive. They pounded in with ham um, with about four and a half minutes to go, something like that. And they missed the fucking extra point. That is going to cost us in the playoffs. We we right. all know it. We all see it coming. Joseph has missed four extra points now, which is just unacceptable. Um, they've, all, they've all cost us game management options right yeah. where to the point where we couldn't we couldn't be even remotely conservative and try and run out the clock to even like kind of play for overtime it was yeah. like we got to go get a touchdown so yeah. i don't know maybe maybe that's good <laughs> i don't know if, if you want to look like a backdoor like positive glasses half full kind let's of not, thing let's not but even him, give him no that. but i'm just saying i'm just saying like you know we had to go for the win we didn't play for a draw right we had to we had to go win the game yeah. so there there is that of course we did. so but yeah if you remember on that next drive the bills went three and out but it was a big, huge play by Harrison Smith uh, down the sidelines on Stephon on Diggs. Diggs. Where yeah. He got there at the last possible second, and Diggs kind of dropped it. Um, but Harrison, like, he got there and just made enough of a play on it that it was a real tough play for Diggs. And I by last possible he, second, you mean like a half a second early? And <laughs> I, I mean, I guess, so, I guess so. He he was he was kind of came up short on it, you know? Yeah, yeah, like he no, totally. Really he, he was kind of short on it. He just didn't quite get there, but he got there just enough. Um, Diggs can't pull it in. Um, there was no way they could call pass interference on us after they let the Bills hold on literally every play of the whole game. Yeah. Um, so we get the ball back. We're down by four at this point. And at, I could not believe the drama. There has never been a movie as dramatic as this drive was, as the Vikings decide to get nothing, take a sack, take another sack down to the two minute warning. And it sets up one of the great plays in Vikings history. And one of the greatest catches in the history of football as fourth and 18 Kirk drops back, throws it about 30 yards downfield. 
And Justin makes a catch that made me like dance around the room. I mean, it was, I was going crazy. This was the most insane catch I've ever seen. It was Odell Beckham meets David Tyree. This was like one for the ages. I could not believe it. And it, I, I've now watched the replay on Twitter 200 times just to hear the crowd because the crowd is so crazy. They mm. think it's picked off. They have this huge burst of noise and then, a, oh, I thought it was picked off too, to be honest with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Ju- Justin makes, if you haven't seen it, like where have you been? It's literally the catch of the year. It's going to be one of the plays of the year in sports. And he makes this catch on fourth and 18 too. This was no like regular second down play or something. This was game on the line. He comes up with the big play in the big moment. They could get a pass interference on him later in the drive. And then um, he catches another ball down to uh, the one inch line. Um, gets it right down. They called it a touchdown originally. Uh, it's fourth down and goal. And we throw the ball to Dalvin Cook, who chokes so bad and drops the ball, but they were offsides. It was a free play. We go for the sneak. Cousins gives an absolutely pitiful effort on this sneak. He didn't do anything. He just got bent like, sideways. Dude, no, what, what's, the, what's the one thing you're sp- – like the best QBs that do the sneak is they get the snap and they stay low. And yeah. I, the first thing Cousins did, and they tell this, they teach this to your linemen, they teach this to like freshmen in high school, like your leverage is important. And the first thing Kirk does is like stand straight up. And you're like, <laughs> okay, now he has no leverage whatsoever. And then all I see is CJ Ham running at a thousand miles an hour and just plants his face mask right in Kirk's back, trying to push him forward. Just chaos. <laughs> he he got damn close, but I mean, I wasn't too upset. I was like, no, he didn't. He didn't make it. I thought that was clear enough. So Kirk doesn't get it. And in this moment, I, I didn't want to give up hope because I thought this is a tough play for them. I was right. like, we have to get a safety yeah. right now. We have to get a safety because they'll have to kick it to us and a field goal would win the game is what I was thinking. I and honestly I like, thought, hey. I honestly thought what they were going to do was snap it and run around the back of the end zone as much as they could to run five seconds off the play, the game clock and then run out of the back of the end zone. That's what I honestly thought they were going to do. Mm. Well, touch, touch field goal would win the game then, though, was the only point. I think they would have done that if they were up by more than four. No, no, no. I, sure. They you're right. the whole clock almost, yeah. Yeah. And so he has to get out. They fumble the snap. We literally recover it in a moment that has not happened in the NFL since the 1970s. It's only the second time in the Super Bowl era that this has ever happened in a game. God. That a team losing a game in the final minute of the game has scored a defensive touchdown to take the lead. The last time it happened, it was Herm Edwards with the miracle at the Meadowlands or whatever they called it. And sure. he recovered a fumble and ran it in. It's the same kind of thing. Like they fumble the snap. We land on the ball. The, I was going absolutely crazy at this point. Yeah. But then you had to deal with too much time on the clock for Josh yep. Allen and incompetency from the referees as they get the ball. We played oh, oh the- Eric, sorry. One more thing you forgot. To- oh, no, no. That was in overtime. Never mind. Carry on. Carry on. Uh, this was humiliatingly embarrassing from the defense as we played the worst prevent defense that I have ever seen in my life. We were like 35 yards off the ball and they were dumping the ball, the guys for 10 yards and then running out of bounds with no one even in the screen. And the I mean, they're just were giving them like two and a half seconds to get like 15 yeah. yard chunks every time. They're giving, nobody there. giving them free timeouts at that point. What are you doing? Nobody's even yeah. at the boundary. I didn't understand it. Then the big play of this is 
Allen throws an absolute dart to Gabe Davis, who dives and makes a catch, gets his knee down and pounds, and then they hurry up to the line of scrimmage. Everyone knew it was questionable. They needed to just blow the whistle like they do in every other moment of the NFL. They they were and, hurrying up. They were hurrying up with the clock stopped. Yes, which is which is I think the key component in that that should have been for the referees to just just do the, like the the me timeout. Like this is on me. We're gonna you know we want to get this right. And nope, didn't decided not to do that. Terrible, just a terrible, terrible miss by them on that because it definitely was not a catch. Then mm-hmm. two plays later, they throw the ball just up to I don't even know who it was at that time. And it's way overthrown. Our guy grabs him on the shoulder pad and gets, instead of a five-yard holding penalty on a way overthrown ball, they get us for pass interference. And I thought this was really questionable as well. I was like, they really are looking for overtime or a Bills win here. Yeah, that's what I felt like too. Bills get an easy field goal on a couple of weird calls by the refs. The Vikings win the toss in overtime, and it's still the Justin Jefferson show. He's just absolutely going bonkers. He gets a big pass interference, and then he has the catch down to, oh, uh, in overtime, I believe it was when you had Kirk throwing that ball across his body as he got hit to Jefferson on the sidelines. That was Kirk's best ball of the whole season. It he was, was falling to his right, getting creamed, whipping the <laughs> ball to the boundary, the opposite boundary from the right hash to the left the left sideline on an absolute dime right to JJ. If that was Aaron Rodgers, we would hear about it for a week. Oh, my was, God. If that was Dak Prescott, it would be like literally the top play on SportsCenter. If Joe, no Buck, if Joe Buck was calling Aaron Rodgers making that throw, you'd just hear like moaning in the booth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jefferson ends up catching another big pass down to the two-yard line. It's first and goal at the two, where the refs miss another terrible play. Another big one. This was what I was getting interrupted with earlier, but that was, yeah. First down, not... pitch to Dalvin Cook. He gets stopped for a three-yard loss, and they had 12 men on the field. It should have been first and goal at the one. Instead, it was second and goal at the five. Cousins takes a sack. We throw an incomplete pass. We have to kick a field goal to go up 33-30 to 30 in overtime. Bills get the ball. First down. I mean, that was that was deflating. Like we felt like we had all the game game momentum favoring us. Yeah. They kicked the field goal to tie it, but we kind of let them, we had, we fucking marched it down there. Dalvin was getting like nine yards of carry on that drive. And then it just was like, oh man. And I didn't even realize the 12 men on the field until, until after the game with KOC. Mm -hmm. Um, So then Allen first down long run, Allen next play long run. Yeah. And then they move it all the way down to the 20-yard line. It's second down and 10 at the 20. And Josh Allen throws his second pick of the day to Patrick Peterson. The Vikings escape with an incredible road win, their best road win in years, one of their best wins in a long time. And I would say uh, one of my favorite Vikings games of all time, I think it might be my second favorite Vikings game I've ever watched. I'll say I think a lot of people that were saying the miracle, I would say that the first half of that game was fun. The second half was the least fun I've ever had watching football until the last play of the game. Right. Yeah, so no, the- I feel I feel like we had we had a I mean, you know, seven minutes of NFL gate clock time versus what felt like an hour and a half of real time. Um just trying to wrap this thing up between all the timeouts and stoppages and incomplete passes and then overtime and, and the T V timeouts and all this shit going fucking nuts. I I felt like I had run a marathon and needed three shots of whiskey to just calm down absolutely this was a crazy win the vikings are eight and one um 
Justin Jefferson is, I think, the best receiver in football. Last week, everyone spent the whole week talking about how Tyree Kill should be the MVP or he should be in the MVP conversation. Well, then Justin Jefferson should be firmly in the MVP conversation because he's as good as Tyree Kill. He's done everything the same. And after this week, he will be leading the NFL. In my opinion, he'll be leading the NFL in receiving. He's the best offensive player in the whole entire league. And the Vikings are continuing to get no respect. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't really mind it, to be honest with you. Yeah, let's um, keep it that way. I, I kind of like being like the no one believes in us team more than being the we're the favorites team. So I kind of like that everyone is still disrespecting. So, uh, Jim, you had a question about Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I did. So, you know, obviously we are very happy with Kirk Cousins this year. All we do is win. Um, and he's like, we know that he's clutch. We know all these things. But when you break down like how well he's actually doing this year, he's kind of having like a statistical off year. And I'm curious on your guys' thoughts. And maybe I'll read some of these off. Maybe this has something to do with the disrespect we get and why, te- you know, these pundits would rather pick a team with a better quarterback, even if we just beat that fucking team, you know, to be better. So Kirk Cousins, 20th in passer rating, 23rd in QBR, 17th in EPA. Mm-hmm. Um so what, what's going on there? I mean, he's got a, a good receiving core. Now he has a, a new tight end to work with. Why are his numbers so low? And is that sort of why we're not getting the respect? I think, Eric, you, you can clean up my mess. I think around the league now, it's kind of the, the, the lines between who's a good quarterback of the non-Patrick Mahomes variety and who's a bad quarterback? Like you know, uh, the Zach Wilson is a six and three quarterback right now, and he's his team is the same level as Josh Allen. Does that mean they're comparable QBs? No. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a, in a vacuum, I think you'd obviously rather have Josh Allen as your quarterback. But there's something to be said about being really good in the fourth quarter when you need to be. Um, I think, like you said, uh, I mean, he really hasn't had a good tight end all year. It's a new offensive system completely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't know what the Vikings running numbers are, but I think they're, um, a little bit better and cousins maybe hasn't had to do as much early on. Um, but I think that the wins have completely overshadowed his, uh, you know, compared to his normal statistics, uh, a step down in play, mm-hmm. um, still early, but yeah, I think, I think the, the one concern is that when is that going to bite the Vikings at some point, but so far, it hasn't. And... Right. So far, it just seems like, you know, the memorable plays, the big drives he's leading in fourth quarter drives for the win. Uh, all that's going great. So the fact that we have sometimes a whole entire second and third quarter that he can't do shit and nobody can do anything. It's like, well, who cares? We forget about that. Yeah. So I think that you have to just understand that there's different ways of building teams. And Kirk is exactly who we think he is. He's a good but not great quarterback, like we always say on here. Mm-hmm. Um when you look at the top half of the league in teams, there's a d- couple different categories. Like there's a high draft pick um, guy on a team. There's a veteran who pay- gets paid a lot of money. There's a few of those guys. And then there is like the low money veterans was pretty rare. Mm-hmm. So if you go through it, um, Philadelphia is kind of an outlier. They're the best team in the league. They have Jalen Hurts. I think he was a second round pick as a quarterback. Maybe he was a third round pick, but he wasn't a first round pick. They have a great roster guy on a rookie deal. They kind of look like they hit a home run with that one. Mm-hmm. Vikings are second with a high paid veteran and cousin. But then after that, it goes Mahomes, top 15 pick in the first round. Daniel Jones for the Giants, top 10 pick in the first round. Tua, top five pick. Tennessee has a high paid veteran who was a first round pick, but I'm going to put him in a high paid veteran place okay. with Tannehill. 
first round pick Lamar Jackson, first round pick Zach Wilson, first round pick in um, uh, Allen, Josh Allen uh, with, with Dallas, it's a kind of like cousin situation, high paid veteran guy, even though he was drafted by them. Mm-hmm. The weirdest one of all Seattle with a low paid veteran in uh, what's his name. What's their, Gino Smith. their guy? Gino Smith, um, Mac Jones and the Patriots first round pick. And San Francisco has had a first-round top-five guy. Now they have Garoppolo, high-paid veteran. Uh, Chargers with Herbert, top-ten pick, and top-ten pick with uh, the Cincinnati and Burrow. Most of the teams in the top half of the league have a top-ten pick quarterback mm-hmm. that is at the helm, whether they're successful or not. A few of these teams have these guys who've come in, they've built in a totally different way, and the Vikings are one of those teams. You're never going to hit a home run signing a free agent quarterback that's on a big deal that didn't get re-signed by their past team. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we're a good team and they were deep and our defense has been pretty good. Our offensive line has been the surprise of the year. And Jefferson is an absolute phenom on the outside and Cook's had a pretty good year. We just need Kirk to come in and make some big plays when needed and manage the fucking game the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think he's been perfect for this team and what we've needed. He hasn't made too many mistakes. He's been clutch late in games and he's managed the game for the rest of the time. He's like a, he's like a upgraded Matt Hasselbeck. And I mean, that is kind of a compliment because Matt Hasselbeck was kind of good for a little while. So mm-hmm. he's what this team needs. And I don't really care that his stats aren't amazing. We didn't draft him with the 10th overall pick. We didn't get right. a top 10 pick. We've been a good team for long enough that we haven't bottomed out ever. And because of that, it's kind of hard to, you know, always, you know, have a young superstar quarterback. You're not right. going to do that. So I think he's the right guy for the job right now. And I know that for whatever reason, Matt Stafford has a much better, um, like people think of Matt Stafford a lot better than they think of Kirk Cousins. But I think of them as pretty similar quarterbacks. Stafford was the right guy for the job on a smart offense with a lot of star power in the Rams last year. Mm-hmm. I think we are not maybe not that exact team, but we're not that far from that team. And a veteran guy like Kirk is exactly the right guy for this role right now. So and he and not only that, comparison. yeah. Well, not only that, the Rams recognized that their number one pick wasn't the guy and traded him away to Detroit. Yeah, who had been who had been there since the inception of Sean McVay, you know, mm-hmm. in in L.A. And they were like, he's not. I mean, and they signed him to a ridiculous deal at some point, and they're like, he's not it. And got rid of him and got Matt Stafford, who I would say numerically probably was a little bit worse than Goff, but was the right guy for the system. And maybe mm. Kirk, it's, it's you know, nine games in, kind of hard to say, like, is he the right guy? But, um, well, time will tell, but it certainly looks like it so far. Eight of those are wins, so that's cool. All right, well, hey, that was, dude, this is why I bring these questions to you guys. You guys are unbelievable. Good work. The other piece that I was wrong about, and like, there's sometimes I'm so right in sports and there's a, sometimes I'm so wrong. And one that I, I have to apologize for, I'm going to come out uh, to friend of the pod and definite pod listener, Pat Peterson. And I'm going to apologize because I thought it was ridiculous that the Vikings re-signed him to a contract this year when I thought he was completely washed up mm-hmm. and he only went out and had the best PFF grade for a cornerback this week, two touchdowns, including the game clincher two and has been, I'm sorry, two interceptions and has been just an absolute leader, a vocal leader, uh, just what this defense needed. It's an okay defense that has gotten some big performances from guys like Pat Peterson. And uh, I don't know. I owe him an apology. So I'm sorry. Friend of the pod, longtime listener, Pat Pete. 
you've been nothing but amazing, exactly what we needed. And after the Super Bowl, after he gets an interception to seal the Super Bowl, I will be buying a Pat Pete jersey. He actually uh, just texted in. He just texted, you know, he listens and he texted in and he said he wanted to actually, he didn't want you to apologize. He wanted to thank you because you as a hater and a doubter have fueled him. And this resurgence, because if you've ever heard an interview with him, the only thing he can talk about is that people doubted him and that he's back because, you know, like I had to prove him wrong. So he texted and said, Athletes are so... Athletes are so weird. They're just, that's why they're, I think, as good and as competitive as they are because they let the dumbest shit bother them. But it's also like internally in their brain, it's like, I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to sleep better. I'm going to do all these things just to prove that stupid fuck on Twitter wrong that I'm washed up. And it's like, all right, all right, Pat, I see you. And and that's why he got chained up last night. That's why he was, he 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 got the the torch. Kirk passed the torch to chains. Um, yeah, that's why I'm so mean to my kids. And I just tell them whatever they do wasn't <laughs> good enough. It's all motivational. So I'm trying yeah. to get the next Elon, you know. No matter what they do, so, they have to be good enough for dad. So uh, Vikings' only worry right now is that they got the injury bug, finally. They've been like the healthiest team in the league. Um, Kristen Derrissaw, the star left tackle, got a concussion. I would bet he plays next week, but we will see. Um, Cam Dantzler is now on the IR with an ankle injury, so he's out Damn. for at least – Three more games after this one. His backup, a Caleb Evans, got injured in the game. He's in concussion protocols. So we are very thin at corner. Yeah, who was the guy that had his first like pass breakup? And I was like, I didn't who's that Duke, guy? Duke Shelley. I think we Shelley. signed him from yeah. the <laughs> this week. We signed him from the practice squad. I've never heard of him in my life. No. Nope. All I saw on Twitter that they were like, the Vikings activated Duke Shelley. And I was like, Well, we'll never see him. And then in overtime he broke up. <laughs> Dude, he made a great play. He made a really good play. I was I was impressed. The other thing I would say is just that um, the experts still don't believe in the Vikings. Jim, you said you saw a thing on tiers of teams. Where did the Vikings land in that? Yeah, so I'm curious on you guys' thoughts on this again, okay? So I tend to agree. One second. All right, so tier one, okay? And they're calling this, this is ESPN. So this is pretty big football minds. Tier one, true Super Bowl contenders. Can you guess the three teams that they chose? Buffalo, Kansas City, and Philadelphia. Yes, exactly. So do you feel like we belong in that group or this next group, which they're calling playoff locks? And that would be, maybe you could pick these three. Vikings, Cowboys, Ravens. Yes, you are fucking (laughs) You're pretty good at this. Uh, Yes, those are the three that they picked. Now, do you think that we belong in tier one, tier two, and why? Tier one, I would say at this point, I think we're better than the Cowboys. Just the Cowboys are more popular than us. Mm-hmm. And so people will always be like, well, the Cowboys are really. The Cowboys just got beat by the Packers. They're fine. I don't know why we think they're some great team. They're coached by Mike uh, McCarthy and Dak Prescott has never done shit in the playoffs. And I'm not saying that the Vikings are a great team, but you want who else I'm not saying is a great team? The Bills and the Chiefs and the Eagles. I think there's a lot of parity in the league this year. I think there are some good teams And I think we're one of those teams. And I think that there's probably eight to 10 teams who are capable of winning the Super Bowl this year. And when push comes to shove, it will probably come down to Patrick Mahomes versus whoever's hot in the NFC. Mm -hmm. Well, and look at, look at Josh Allen, like uncharacteristically, like the last like eight quarters of game time have been nightmarish for him with turnovers, Mm -hmm. bad decisions. Like he cost. This is one of the things I don't think you you touched on in your your kind of recap of the game. That fourth down throw to the end zone that Patrick Peterson picked off um, and ran back, you know, forty yards and could only get forty yards because he was gassed. Uh, but that was a that was a huge huge missed opportunity for Buffalo to probably put the game away for good uh, mm-hmm. at that point. And so 
anyway, um, like Eric has always said this too, like football is really hard. It's really hard to continue to be consistent. Sometimes shit just doesn't bounce your way. Sometimes you fumble a snap that you've done a thousand times, but it mm-hmm. happens to be way worse because it's on the goal line, um, you know, and the other team recovers it. And, and that's just good luck for the Vikings, bad luck for Josh Allen. Um, I don't think we belong in tier one. I would say we, we're tier 1.5 because I think we're mm. definitely above the Ravens and the Cowboys. Yeah. But I do think that, well, I guess we are above the Bills technically. But, um, and the Chiefs. And the Chiefs. We're the second best record in the league. And yeah. also, we beat the Bills. And also, as we're filming this, I'm not saying they won't win. The Eagles are losing at home to the Washington Commanders by six points at halftime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of wild. Um, I, don't know, I don't know why we think all these teams are legendary or something. We're just one of the flawed teams that's had a good, has a good record, and let's ride it out and let everyone doubt us. Yeah, I think that's I, good. I, I'm going to say second tier as well, um, mostly because we have you know the, when you actually watch the games, they're kind of sloppy, and we win at the last minute and all those things, and that's what people are looking at. Maybe we have a you know when you look at the quarterbacks in tier one versus tier two, it's a step down. I mean, not maybe it's for sure. Um, but here's what I, my favorite thing is: leave us in the second tier for now because we're getting better every single week. In two weeks. I think that we will, maybe we have this conversation. We go, look, there's no doubting it. We and everybody else believe they're now tier one because I think we're getting better every single week. Well, no one else thinks so because this week we are home dogs against the Dallas Cowboys who just lost to the Green Bay Packers. I think we started out as one and a half point underdog then at home, which means they think we're, they're four and a half points better than us. Okay. Okay. And, uh, then it moved all the way to like three or three and a half, and now it's down to one. So money's coming in on the Vikings. I think it will be a pick maybe by the time the game comes. But I don't know why anyone thinks that Dak Prescott is even good. I watched him play the Packers yesterday. That team is just okay. If they weren't the Cowboys, if that if that team was the Commanders, no one would be – they'd be three and a half point under. Well, but let it. it happen. Yeah. Let it happen. Let, well, there's – there's... I think Dallas and Green Bay and New England are three of the most publicly bet teams in the league. So the odds makers want to have, even if they think Minnesota is going to win, they're trying to give you a line that says, we think the Cowboys are going to win. Because then the people, the idiots look at it and be like, oh, I think Cowboys, Vegas think the Cowboys are better. So I'm going to go with that. You know what I mean? And, and that's what that's why I think that they've they've done that line. That's why I said... The line is telling you what you should bet, which is take the points and the mm-hmm. Vikings at home. Well, I mean, I, but nobody nobody has the the responsibility or wherewithal to, to actually do that. They're just like, well, they must know something. They must know there must be yep. some advanced stats that say the Cowboys because they're trying to get money on both sides. So, yeah, um, I think I think the Vikings in a lock to beat the Cowboys at home. But again, Eagles are playing the commanders at home and getting kind of shellacked right now. Jalen Hurts has 77 yards passing. So. I'm going to go uh, next week, Vikings 27, Cowboys 24. We only win close games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're probably, like, losing in the fourth quarter. You know, Kirko <laughs> leads us back into the game. We kick a field goal at the end of the game, and we win 27. I'm going to I'm gonna one-up you, Eric. I'm going to go 26-24. Greg Joseph mix, misses an extra point, and <laughs> we get <laughs> Here, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 25-24 Vikings, and uh, Joseph misses two extra points. Oh god, okay. yeah. But we're all picking them to win. Hey, can I just revisit? Who did we pick last week? Did you guys both pick the Bills? Oh yeah. Okay. Actually, I don't remember if we did pick, but I would have. Okay. I know Eric for sure picked the Bills. That's okay. Yeah. Um, Ryan, I don't remember exactly what you said. I think you picked the Bills. I, you remember what my thing has been, right? Why the fuck the would Bills. I pick against the Vikings when they've won six in a row? 
and now they've won seven in a row or whatever it's been. Six in a row now, I think. But until they lose, I don't care who they play. I have to pick the Vikings. So Vikings beat the Cowboys again. I think Vikings by more than one score is plus 10 million because it will never happen. Right. You could bet $1 and win 10 million and no one would take it. <laughs> and I would make that bet. Money. I don't think I like those odds. That's uh, a little too risky for me. All right, guys. We are going to move on, and we're going to move on to a less happy story. That's been our Minnesota Timberwolves so far. And uh, Jim was too sad to talk about them last week, but we I'm have to give sad. the people what they want to hear, and that's our takes on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, this so far has been a complete and total mess, but that doesn't mean that there isn't time to fix this. And I do think that there is a, a, a universe in a world where this ends up really good still. And I think there's also a universe where this ends up as like Meltdown. Um, Donald Glover walking into the burning apartment. And just yeah. looking around with the pizzas, like, what the fuck happened here? Yeah, I think that that's like Maybe another like KG, choice. like walking back in, like, what is happening here? It's been an absolute um, mess uh, so far this mm-hmm. year. Um, as our starting five has the lowest efficiency, uh, the least efficient starting five in the entire NBA. Um, they cannot score. Uh, no one can get to the rim with the big guys clogging everything up in the middle. Um, no one seems to be clicking at all. I know it's great that like one game, someone can go off and one game, another guy can go off. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is if you just look at Anthony Edwards stats, um, I don't think he's comfortable in what we're doing even a little bit as he will go 30 points, 26 points, seven points, yeah. 14 points, it's 32 points. It is a roller coaster with him all the time. And then we're just praying other guys step up and can win us the game. Right. Um, for his PER, Gobert, his PER is lower than Delos. Yeah. Um, for for uh, bringing in Gobert, our defense has gotten quite a bit worse, um, which is a problem. And they are just giving up open shots all over the place. We signed a bunch of guys to shoot threes, but we can't shoot threes. We were well, told no, that they can shoot them. They don't go in. Yeah, they yeah, do shoot a lot. Play. Yes. We shoot a lot of threes that we miss. Um, and it's just like we are – it feels like a group that is not cohesive. So I have a couple questions for you guys about the Timberwolves. One, is Chris Finch the guy for this job? I think that was a question not I asked. Think, today, but do you think mm-hmm. like by the All-Star break, is he still here? I think that this was the question that I posed two weeks ago, and I said we still don't know if yeah. Finch is the guy. He was brought in by – was it Rosas? Yeah, it was Gerson. Yeah. Under the under the cover of night, without a very transparent interview process, typically when right. a new GM comes in, they want to install. Not only do we have a new GM, we're going to have new ownership. I know that's I don't know where that is in the transference at this point, but we're going to have Still new ownership, a, away, yeah. a new GM. Um, all of these things are moving. Chris Finch wasn't a part of that. I I don't think he's the guy. I don't think Lori and uh, I forget our GM's name. I think he's the guy at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly with a disastrous start like this uh, after sacrificing what they did to go get Gobert with Ant taking a significant step back through, what are we, 14 games in? Uh, That's a huge problem um, that Finch doesn't seem like he's able to fix at this point. Will he be the coach at the All-Star break? I would probably, if I had, if you handed me a $100 bill and said you got to put this on yes or no, I would say no. I think that's where my money would go as well. Although I, you know, I'm hopeful and I'm optimistic that like they can turn it around. And when you say that you put your money that he'll be fired, that means that they're still very bad at the All Star break, which sucks. But I think that that's you know the direction we're seeing. Um, the the fact that like we don't win a game unless D'Lo shoots well. Uh, that means you're not going to win very many games. Um, he's not very good, and he's well, a volume that, shooter. So if he one in five games maybe he plays well, okay, well that's not enough wins. 
I mean, I'm having real, real buyer's remorse with the Gobert stuff. Me too. Uh, I really am. It's not that I think he's bad, but it, that fit is obviously terrible. And it's like we could have just made the same trade and got Donovan Mitchell, and that would have been way more fun. Um, Imagine we could have like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like, what if you like traded D'Lo for like some other pieces or like a big man? Like, what if you traded D'Lo for Miles Turner and then you traded all those other pieces for like Donovan Mitchell? Like, we'd be having way more fun. Yeah. Like, I, it's like painful. Yeah, Gobert is not super fun. I think we knew that. But we thought that, you know, these things would, you know, we'd increase our defense. And, like, everything else will click because we didn't really get rid of the people that, that you know, were so important to our defense or our offense, right? Uh, well, everything has changed. Every, everybody has to play differently. You can't pass hard to Gobert. He's not quick enough. He fucking is responsible for turnovers because he can't get his big fucking French hands in the right spot to catch these fast passes. So he's not really effective offensively. So he just kind of like stands there and hopes to get an offensive rebound with like an easy putback. He plays like, yeah. um, like then he the lane the and, then, and then Ant can't get to the rim. Right. Yeah, exactly. So then Ant doesn't really know what to do besides shoot a lot of three pointers and he, he shoots okay. Um, sometimes. So yeah, they just, that's why you got to look to Finch and be like, dude, Finch, please. Figure this out. Do something drastically different. Um, play Gobby a lot less and just see what the fuck happens. I don't know. You know, it just sucks that, like, they had all this mojo going and they were such a fun, smiling, happy team, which is what I'm looking for anyways, uh, on the court. And a couple things change. A couple guys they like. Vando goes away, whatever. And that and Pat Bev, and this is what we get. Like, all the mojo is gone. We can't transition. We can't hold on to any of that confidence. Dude, it that's seems the, very fragile. Like it was very fragile to begin with. That's one of those things that, and I, again, I'm not trying to toot my own horn on this, but just a little bit. But I've mentioned this many times in the past, which is the NBA and especially like the starting five, the chemistry thing is so weird from yeah. person to person, team to team. Like you, even if let's say we kept everything, but removed Pat Bev, the chemistry on the court, the locker room, everything is completely different. You've lost mm-hmm. your leader. Cat's not a fucking leader. He stinks. You know that at that he is what he is at this point um but like you you've completely altered the entire work ethic chemistry like there are probably young guys that would go into practice knowing pat bev was going to be there that if they slacked off for one play or one sprint or whatever that they were going to get yelled at that is now gone um and i'm not saying these guys can't be professionals and that they don't work hard i'm just saying that your leadership dynamic has changed your alpha dog dynamic has changed we don't have one of those anymore we have Ant, who's supposed to be ascending the throne, who's not. We have D'Lo, who's in a crisis situation of, do I, I, I mean, I got to play well, and the Wolves want him to play well, so we could put him in the shop window and say, here, look at this cool <laughs> thing that we can sell you for a decent price. Yep. Um, and we bring in, you know, Gobert and Towns, who are essentially uh, the same size, and like you guys said, clogging up the lane. So everything has been turned upside down. I don't think Finch is the guy to fix this, to right the ship. It doesn't feel like it. Um, maybe they rattle off a few wins um, early, but even the West standings are turned upside down too. So right, and which um, actually I look at a, that. Hopefully, that like we're just one of the teams that is upside down right now, like yeah, the maybe. Warriors or you know whomever. And the Trailblazers are crushing. Well, people didn't see that coming. The Clippers suck. We didn't see that coming. Um, and maybe the whole league kind of just figures it out, and we rise with the rest of the cream. I don't know. All right, so uh, here's my thought on what we do, guys. Okay. Hey. Get rid of Finch. Finch is gone today. We get rid of Finch right now. Okay. And we bring in Ime Odoka Odoka <laughs> as our new <laughs> Until you can tell Husbands, me what he's watch your wives. 
And if you're working in the office late, you better illegal. go check on him. If you can tell me he did something illegal, then I will say not. Nah. But like until you, if he just had an affair, then that's not enough for me not. Well, to I think it's a. And you got to remember, it's like Louis C.K. Did he do anything illegal technically? But you know, uh, he wasn't arrested or charged with anything. This was a consensual relationship. Well, but well, is consensual with a, a, with a and a, and a hold on, hold on. No, yeah, I think the with a subordinate fe- feeling like they can't say no is a completely different story than like, oh, we're both totally into this. I wonder if she was totally into it. We haven't heard. We that. don't know. We haven't. I heard mean, that. if That's she funny. was, I don't think. I don't think they suspend him for an entire year. I'm just saying. We got to hear the story. I want. I, I'm not trying to be the, the the Cleveland Browns of the fucking NBA. He's, okay, but he's going. He's going to the New Jersey Nets anyway. No, they already signed a coach. Yeah, they did. They didn't pick him. Already got a coach. They didn't go with him. They, oh, they, 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 so, they signed like their assistant guy. So look, I'll say this: I'd want to hear the story, but otherwise, maybe it's not like this is some fucking attractive job. Everybody that work that gets a coaching job here lasts a year, and then they get fired, which I don't like. That's why I don't want to fire Finch. It's like give somebody a fucking chance. Um, also, we have a very weird lineup that nobody's going to be that confident in that they can come in and be like, "Okay, these are the pieces I have." Hell yeah, we're getting sixty wins. Um, Adoka. Who knows? Yeah. So all I know. Oh, I'm sorry. My last question is: Who is the least happy player on the? Oh, um, it's Carl Anthony probably, Towns. Yeah, I think it's Towns. It's but here's the thing: It's always Towns, no matter what's happening. Yeah, I was gonna say winning, losing. He seems like the crabby guy, anyway. Yeah, um, he's probably not happy about the the Gabby thing. I guess you know, backup might be Ant, who just figured like, hey, this is a year for everybody to rise up, and it's not happening, and it must be just incredibly frustrating for him. Um, Ant, I think would probably be my pick. I bet Ant is just beside himself. I don't think he gets. I don't think he gets upset. I think he's a different breed of person. Well, where he's, he's had a like, couple yeah. of comments at the post games, and I think he's he is frustrated. Okay, I think I think he's probably really frustrated that he feels like this team is built not for him. Yeah, exactly. When and like any team in the league would be building around him, and so what's going to happen here is the Wolves. I mean, I know this sounds like I'm I'm being an alarmist, but it just it feels like Voldemort and Harry Potter. Like they both can't survive with him in town. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they both can't survive while the other one lives or whatever. It feels like that with the Wolves, with Towns and, and Edwards, and that they're going to have to choose. And I just pray that they choose Anthony Edwards. Oh, like, I think Cat would, would go long before Kat, Anthony Edwards. Cat to, to the, like, I'm I'm feeling like a package of, like, Cat to the... Um, well, and he's on a super max deal, yeah. so just even financially, it makes well, significantly more sense to ship. Cat that to out. the Knicks, cat to the Knicks, just makes way too much sense. <laughs> Where's we he get, from? Like, Randolph. Where's he from? He's from. Isn't he from like DC? He's from Jersey. Jersey. He's from New Jersey. Perfect. It slides right the in. Knicks. The Knicks. They need their star player. We will take back. No, Tibbs. Like, Tibbs won't take him. Tibbs. He's too soft for Tibbs. Ah, shit. They would take. They'd pick Anthony Towns over Tibbs. To be honest with you. They need a star player badly. T- Towns fits the mold. We'll take Randolph, a couple first round picks, and like our pick of another good Do player. They, from I don't team. think the Knicks have any first round picks until like twenty sixty five. No, I think they're pretty set up to like try Do to they? make a play okay. here. Yeah, I think they're like they're the team that's waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to make their move for a superstar. And so I think like that's the trade. And you just get a couple nice starting pieces and you try to deepen your roster. You well, that's my picks. that was my conspiracy theory a while ago. I said, did we actually get Gobert to potentially move towns in that he was thinking one, two, two or three steps ahead of that? 
I kind of think that is kind of like that was the backup plan. They were like, maybe they can play well together. And if they can't, we'll move Towns for a bunch if of If Towns was doing what he was doing right now and it was his like fourth year, I'd be like, he goes nowhere. Yeah. Uh, it's I like guess. his 18th year and he's not really that special at this point. I mean, he's very talented and he plays a very unique style, which is actually kind of hard to work with as a coach of like, okay, so you're a big dude, but you want to shoot a lot of threes. Okay, let's try to make that work. Um, so I, you know, I wouldn't hate it. I, I, it would suck and it would hurt, but it's kind of maybe time to look at that. Oh my God. Towns and Brunson. That's a lineup for the Knicks. That's <laughs> yeah. a looker right there. Yeah. I don't and, know. I'm kind of hey, feeling Jimbo. Here we go. We'll get Derek Rose back as the throw in piece for salary. Oh my God. He'd go off for 50 <laughs> and I'd cry again. Be beautiful. Can we get, Obi, um, can right. we get Obi Toppin? That'd be amazing. Yeah, it'd be like Obi Toppin, another guy, like another random piece, and like Randolph's contract, and like yeah. two first, and That'd like you'd get some Done. package like that. Done. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'm in for that. All right, guys. Last but not least, um, the World Cup. It starts uh, next Sunday, and the it's in Qatar in November. It's so stupid. Why is it in Qatar? Corruption, money, greed. I think those are the only reasons. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. This is a summer tournament that we had to move to November and December because it had to be in Qatar, where it's not the proper climate to have a tournament. Just insane. And, summer. and, and we, had a, we had a World Cup in the goddamn rainforest, like the humidest yeah. place on Earth, and that was able to be held in the summer, and Qatar is hotter. Uh, yeah, they also killed like 16,000 people in what was pretty much forced slave labor. And they are a country that doesn't accept uh, homosexuality. Um, there's drinking. no sex of marriage. There's no alcohol. They've had to like sort of soften rules. There's like specific zones you can drink in during daylight hours. Mm-hmm. While like, the a- match is going on. And I believe you have to have a ticket. And, and you- did you hear how much the beers are costing? 90 US dollars for a pint of beer. You're lying. No, I'm not Bullshit. lying. No, absolutely. Uh, 90 dollars. Yeah, I it's going to be the stupid. worst tournament ever. It's going to be the worst <laughs> World Cup of all time. And it's what FIFA deserves. I don't know if you guys ever saw the video from like two years ago when the guy, the protester, came up and got arrested for protesting during the FIFA conference or like um, announcement of all of this. And he claimed he was like a white guy and he claimed he was the representative of North Korea. And he handed Sepp Blatter like a huge like thing of money. And then the security came and he was like, where's my security? And they came and grabbed him. And then he was like, congratulations, Sep. And then he threw all the money in the air and it was falling all over him. It was like the most perfect protest I've ever seen. This is so corrupt and so crazy. Now, I know it's not like I've heard a lot of people say, well, then don't watch it. But at the same time, I know that like That's not realistic, so I know how much this means to like the players. Yeah. Like, yeah. These dudes, they were. If you didn't, if you don't know how much it meant to the players, uh, how did your players play that were going to the World Cup this last weekend? I bet they played like shit because they were. They would have rather lost the last month's worth of games to be healthy for or, the World Cup. Yeah, or guys like Reese James and Ben Chilwell from my team that are like absolutely fucking devastated that they're not going. Devastated. I a couple of weeks ago, I think he's still going, but uh, Raphael Varane from Man United, the French center back, he got hurt in what he must have believed was going to keep him out of the World Cup, and he was just sobbing uncontrollably. Yeah, so was Chile. So was Chile. He was he he pulled his hammy in like the ninety third minute of a meaningless yeah. game and was crying after the injury because he knew what it meant. Yeah, and so I mean, it's like I don't I. 
these guys are are artists in their own right, and they deserve people to watch them and cheer for them. Mm-hmm. It's not their fault that FIFA is just absolutely a criminal organization. Well, okay. and, and um, the money's already changed hands. Like, you not watching this yeah. isn't keeping the Qatarian uh, oil, <laughs> you know, monarchy yeah, from getting true, their cash. But- a big enough protest would probably prevent them from just doing the corrupt thing next time. Maybe. Well, maybe. Oh, first of all, it Jim, is Jim, have US. you met FIFA? Yeah. Okay. Second of all, yeah. all right. second of they're, all, yeah. they already know. They're they're well aware of it. That's why it's going to be in the U.S. And there's going to be... You just like the mafia, though. Yeah. They literally are. They're like, a, they're like a criminal enterprise that runs soccer. And they... And like, it's not even... They're not even pretending they... They have so much... Jim, they have so much money, the protest would be an accounting error. If, if <laughs> people didn't, I mean, they wouldn't even notice. It's not yeah, even, well. yeah. So the favorites are Brazil. It seems like every year they're the favorite. Um, when I look at the Brazil roster, I'm not really sure why they're the favorite. They're the all tournament. old, dude. I, I know. I, I, I don't really <laughs> know. Great keeping. Um, he shaved his Argentina. beard. He's lost all his power. Argentina is the same. Fabinho. The same thing. Oh, Fabinho didn't make it. Yeah, oh, didn't, yeah he didn't get picked. Fabinho. Liverpool. It's just a bunch of old guys. Um, Argentina and Messi is the second favorite. Um, also, doesn't seem to make they that much. That, sense. They're only the second favorite because the stupid FIFA uh, PlayStation simulation picked them, and apparently, it's been right for the last four World Cups. And Argentina, yeah. they had Argentina winning. Um, then it's the big teams from Europe: France in third, England in fourth, Spain in fifth, Germany in sixth. I tend to think that they're probably going to be more likely to win than Brazil and Argentina, but who knows? Um, Brazil and Argentina, uh, like, are, you know, maybe the two most winning teams ever. No respect to, um, no respect for Croatia either after making yeah. it to the finals of Euros. Um, and then you have uh, U.S. Uh, the U.S. is 17th out of 32 teams. So smack dab in the middle. I think they're tied with Mexico in 16th and 17th. <laughs> it might be a little high. <laughs> Middle of the pack. I don't really think either of them stand a chance in hell of winning this tournament, but it would be really big for U.S. soccer. I think if they could like, if they could sneak into the round of eight. Like if they could like finish second in their group and get like the weakest one team and like upset them and get into the round of eight, even if it's just to get their ass kicked by France or something, would be huge for U.S. soccer. Uh, their big matchup is going to be England. It's like a week from Thursday or something like that. A week from today. T- uh, it's the 21st. You said that was Wales. Oh, oh, you're right. You're right. Right. Sorry. No, you're Wales. Right. Yeah. Should we play, yeah. We play. We play. The we play. Fr- we play England. Players are like, fuck. Why can't we just be on the England team? Son of a bitch. I got to be on this like loser Wales squad. We're um, so close. Yeah. We play England the Friday after Thanksgiving. Okay. All right. Well, there's a little space between that here and there. Um. Yeah. And then uh, on top of that, I mean, it's just going to be fun. We're going to be doing a draft. We'll post it next week. We're going to draft teams. And uh, we'll see who wins. Maybe we'll make a small wager or something and you guys can follow it and let us know who you guys think we should draft on that. There's going to be a lot of fun players um, in this tournament. It's going to be the last time you see Messi and Ronaldo, most likely in a World Cup. Uh, You have obviously some superstar guys like Mbappe trying to win his second title at a very young age, which would be uh, a feat to put him on a path to be like maybe the greatest player ever if he was able to do that. England squad, um, who's been on the rise for years. The pressure will be on them big time. And then just classic teams like Spain, Germany, um, you know, who are just always in it. The Netherlands, teams like that. Uh, the big miss is that there's no Norway. So no Erling Holland in this tournament, which is a shame. And no Iceland for no school chant. 
Uh, yeah, we this whole chance of Vikings thing. Now. Yeah, we've owned that. We've, <laughs> Iceland, we, what's that? that? We've, we've co-opted they stole that. that from, I think they stole that from us. Yeah, yeah, for Probably. sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, that is all the time we have on this episode of the Nordies Podcast. Tune in to our screencast. Uh, we're going to dive deeper into uh, Denis Villeneuve, who is our next rewatch. We watched his first movie ever, uh, Prisoners, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we have all kinds of shows to talk to you guys about, so tune into that. And otherwise, uh, it's been an exciting week of sports. Uh, can't wait for the World Cup. Mostly, we can't wait to cheer on the Vikings even more when they play uh, the Cowboys, who are somehow a favorite in Minnesota. Um, so we're 8-1. We're going to keep riding that high. And we'll see you guys next week. Skull Vikings.